Unspoken Issues. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Unspoken Issues podcast. Oh, my goodness. Hey, back in the day, we used to do polls. And back in the day, <laughs> you know, you would choose uh, amongst a group of comics for us to cover, and then we would cover the winner. Well, uh, well, Chris Armstrong's here, of course. He he probably knows better than I, I do. do. We had a we had a poll up. I know this was between two new costumes. I think is what we were shooting for here. Is that right? It was what? Fate Number One and Daredevil Three Twenty One. Okay. And Daredevil with fifty six percent of the votes compared to forty four percent for Fate. Okay, that's pretty cool. We had uh, eighty five total votes. We can go. There's several comments here. Remember yeah. To comment on this. Wow. <laughs> Man, yeah, it has been a while. Dag on. Uh, our buddy Gregory Wright says, if you go for DD, I'll try and put you in touch with DG Chichester, who's the oh, writer. Which happened. Yeah. Uh, he did get in touch with us, but of course, that was right as right. things hit the fan. <laughs> I'm never able to actually talk to him. Um, right. Uh, Gabriel Sanchez says, this is hard. I really want both of them. Uh, Tim Lewis says, I think I still have the glow in the dark daredevil issue around here somewhere. I actually like the new costume, even though I didn't understand the story, (laughs) which I think that's interesting. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that. (laughs) (laughs) Top fan, Andrew Wilcox. He says, fate, the poor slob just oozes 90s blood from his demon corrupted arm and angst shaped throwing knives. Nice. Uh, Ron Lopes, I assume. Uh, Difficult decision. However, I'll go with the DD armor. Okay. And top fan James Purcell says, Fate is such a 90s relic, I can't help but vote for it. I still remember how Jeff Johns got rid of him in the JSA relaunch. Quintiar Scott, who I see comment on a lot of stuff. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, he, he replied, I think I came into JSA after that. I need to check it out. So I got some comments from that poll. And finally, a little over two years later, we're getting around to it. That's amazing. So, yeah, we're going to get into Daredevil number 321. It's after... Fall from Grace has started. Right. And it says chapter two, but it's essentially chapter three because issue 319 is Fall from Grace prelude. Okay. And then chapter one was the previous issue from this. I actually read those two uh, before I, I got to this issue. Uh, well, then this take me up to speed here then. What's what in the world? <laughs> well, what in the world? I, I Well, let me give the creative team first. Uh, so the, uh, Daredevil volume one, number 321, cover dated October of 1993. Uh, it's Fall from Grace, part two, Transgression. Uh, story by D.D. Chichester and Scott. Mc- well, it's by D.D. Chichester and Scott McDaniel with Scott McDaniel's only uh, arts here on the art here. Inks by Hector Colazzo, lettered by Bill Oakley, colored by Chris Mathis. All right. Yes. Yeah, so there's catch me up to speed before I jump into the synopsis of 321. What in the world is <laughs> going on here? Well, essentially, there's this character, Eddie Men. Is that right? Why do I have Eddie? I have Eddie P- P- Passim, P-A-S-S-I-M. Passim or Passim, something like okay, that. Okay, that, that's right. Okay. Eddie's great. Let's go with Eddie. <laughs> All right. So, Eddie. <laughs> so, yeah, Eddie is kind of, he's a telepath, and he's, like, inadvertently, I think, putting his thoughts into other, like, the other members of the homeless community, driving people crazy. And there's also a subplot with the uh, Hellspawn, where some voodoo priest, like, resurrects the Hellspawn who had been killed previously. He's the doppelganger from Infinity War, which we'll talk about. And the first issue had, uh, or the first chapter had Silver Sable. Uh, she was hired by some folks to come in and, and find Eddie. And then there's also some stuff with the hand going on. A lot of subplots kind of yeah. 
uh, going through this one. And, you know, we talked about Chichester before when we did the Dead Man's Hand uh, Unspoken Epics. You know, I'd mentioned how he's he just kind of his writing is just hard to to crack. And I, I feel like after reading these first three issues of this, I'm starting to really get a better handle on it. I'm starting to understand a little bit better. Still times where it just seems a little too convoluted uh, with so much stuff going on. But but uh, I get a little bit better, better of a handle on it. And also Scott McDaniel, who we mentioned on that dead man's hand pod where he was still kind of cutting his teeth it seemed like uh, this is about a year and a half i think after dead man's hand and he's starting to really come into his own it seems like i really like his art a lot more uh in this issue than than in his earlier stuff there's another six-part story after this you know this story has silver sable in an issue venom shows up in this one and then the later one morbius shows up in it and then in the next arc i know there's a captain america issue uh, and there's some other like so almost every issue there are guest stars popping in all these Daredevil books in this like in this year long uh, these two arcs here, which is kind of interesting. And there is a lot again, a lot of groundwork laid that you need to probably know about before <laughs> dropping into issue two of Fall from Grace. I'll tell you that much. The second part mm-hmm. of Fall from Grace, you need to know at least some of the stuff that's going on. And I didn't read so Daredevil did you faithfully. Just, sorry, did you just read this issue? Yes. Yeah, that's all I did was I picked this up. Gotcha. I read it. And now that's really how we're supposed to be doing this, I guess. But <laughs> well, no, here's the but thing. I, it's I've not, been wanting to read this arc for a while, so I just decided to go ahead. <laughs> no, well, that's fine. I still had to go research some stuff just to kind of understand who these characters were. So it's mm-hmm. it probably would have served me better to just start with the prologue and go on. Some of these characters... And groups of characters, the hand, the chaste or chast, however you say that, um, which they don't I don't I think there's they're just kind of alluded to. But they mm-hmm. are a definite part of the Daredevil lore. Snake Root. No clue what in the world <laughs> Snake Root is. You know, some of the big names like Electra. I'm going to recognize that yeah. Daredevil. I'm going to recognize that Venom. I'm going to recognize that. But then you get into like Henry Kincoy. Sarah Harrington, which is like this offshoot plot of something with Ben Urich. Mm-hmm. I have a cast list here, and we're going to go down this cast list before we get into <laughs> the synopsis, and we'll we'll sure. kind of touch on the the characters here. Uh, you do your you could do your best to describe them. I'll do my best to uh, to at least describe what I've encountered here in this issue and what I've researched. But anything else before I get into the cast and then the synopsis? No, nah, go ahead. All right. So we know we all know who Daredevil is. That's what we came to talk about. I mean, it's Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Daredevil 321. He's uh, Matt Murdock, the lawyer by day, crime fighter by night. Oh, yeah. By the way, he's blind. There's this is uh, issue 321. So, yes, there has been 300 issues of Daredevil prior to this. So. There's a lot of history. Specifically, let's talk about Hellspawn, because that's kind of where we start this issue off with Hellspawn, which, okay, if you just pick the issue up kind of like I did, look at the cover. (laughs) The cover is Daredevil. It's a glow-in-the-dark cover, by the way. Um, It has Daredevil and a building all in glow-in-the-dark, while Daredevil is riding what looks to be a demon. So and it's a two-pager. If you fold it out, it's yeah, both yeah, both pages of the cover. It's it's beautiful. Um, but you know, you're like, what in the world is Daredevil doing on this demon? <laughs> Why is he riding this thing? This is smack in the middle, pretty much, of the cover gimmick craze. So, or maybe it's actually probably towards the tail end of it. Uh, it's October, I think, '93. 
it's yeah, the release. That, uh, yeah, the release uh, well, the that's the cover date. So this is probably July, August, something like that. Yeah. Um, so there had been some glow-in-the-dark covers before. I think the first one was Ghost Rider. That's the most famous one. Shadowhawk had a glow-in-the-dark cover. I think there were a few others. But I, I think glow-in-the-dark cover is one of the best cover gimmicks. Uh, like so I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so tell me about Hellspawn. I know that in my research, I learned that this was a, a thing that came out of the Infinity War. Mm. That, and it's kind of interesting because I had seen this cover. I had flipped through some of these Daredevil issues without ever actually reading them. And I'd, I'd seen this demon character. I didn't know what his name was or anything. And even when I read the prelude issue, which I guess 319, that's when this voodoo priest guy resurrects uh, the, the, the demon. I didn't even know then that, oh, this is the doppelganger from Infinity. This is Daredevil's doppelganger from right. Infinity. And he doesn't really look like the, the, have you seen what the Daredevil doppelganger looks like in the Infinity War issue? I looked it up. I can't remember. He though. appears in issue three or four when okay. all the doppelgangers kind of attack all the heroes. And he doesn't, I mean, he's not a big hulking beast. Like he's basically built like Daredevil, except he has no eyes and he's got the big horns, similar to these, but but not as exaggerated quite as these. And then I guess he appeared, I actually read an article on CBR today where they talk about this character. Brian Cronin wrote it. I guess he appeared in some earlier issues, and Calypso is a character that was in, was in that storyline, and she killed the doppelganger, and that's why he's being resurrected in this storyline. Uh, but I never knew any other, do- you know, famously the Spider-Man doppelganger, 16. he was like resurrected, I guess, by Demo Goblin. And he was able to stick around past the Infinity War resolution where all the doppelgangers were, you know, gone. So it was cool to see another one pop up, you know, that I never knew that there was another one that had appeared in other issues. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the the gist of this. Doppel- I guess he this one has more sentience like the doppelganger from the Spider-Man books is kind of mindless almost. He's treated as a pet by uh, Shriek and like Maximum Carnage and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, but he doesn't really have his own like uh, he, he's more like an animal. Whereas this doppelganger has its own sentience, and he, for some reason he's he has he talks with that Cajun voodoo accent. Uh, I maybe think that's got to be because I mean unless it uh, unless that's something that carried over, but I'm wondering if that's he something that the priest that resurrects him in in that first issue. Okay. I wonder if so unless some... unless it's supposed to be that that priest resurrected the body and then inhabited it, but that doesn't seem to be the case. I think he even references how he killed that priest in this book. Yeah, so. I, I figured it was something to do with the resurrection of some sorts. And, and it's got an interesting Daredevil has the Billy Clubs. He has these th- the doppelganger has these like things that come out of his arm that are spiked. <laughs> It's almost like he's pulling his bone, his own bones out of right. his arms and legs to use his club, like Billy clubs. Yeah, that's a cool concept. I like it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm I started this and I was like, who is this demon? What is this? And then it was when I started to dig, I was like, oh, crap, this actually comes out of Infinity War. Really neat. But again, OK, if it was just Daredevil and Hellspawn and that was what the issue focused on. Great. But. Mm. That's not the case. We still got about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, about another nine or ten people to talk about here that show up in this book. Uh, we already talked about Eddie, the uh, telepath, that his thoughts are bleeding over into people's heads. And he's mixed up in something called uh, the About Face virus. Was that something that I assume was featured in the first two issues or, well, the prelude in part one going into this? They, yeah, they mention it, uh, and it's something that, like, different... I think that's something the Hand is trying to get, and then S.H.I.E.L.D. 
you know, Nick Fury pops up in this issue as well. So S.H.I.E.L.D. is trying to, to I guess, and maybe it was a government virus. And I yeah. remember reading it was a government virus at one point, like it was right. discarded. Why would I don't understand why you call it a virus? I assume there's a reason. Basically, a Valface virus uh, can let someone be anything that they want. And that's why a lot of people are going after it. So we'll just leave it there because I want to. I might talk. It's weird. It is so weird. Uh, it's a weird concept for it to be called a Valface virus. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, whatever. Uh, Venom shows up in here. I'll be up for a cup of coffee. It's just real quick. He's in, mm -hmm. he's out. So Venom's going to be somebody that we mention in the synopsis. Henry Kenkoy, which. I don't know if he was a big part of Daredevil lore prior to this. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know because I'd never really have read this era of Daredevil. So I only know him from these issues. Okay. Well, what's his name? Henry? It's Harry. Harold Kincoy. Well, yeah. Uh, so Harry Kincoy was first appearance, Daredevil 319. So apparently made up whole cloth for <laughs> this series. Let's see. He's affiliated. With Snake Root and the Hand, uh, so both of those are. I think in this story, he's he's definitely hanging out with the. Uh, he's trying to do some stuff against the Hand, so maybe Snake Root. But either way, Henry Kincoy is going to Harry Harry Kincoy is going to show up. <laughs> in here. Uh, the Hand is a big part, of course. Uh, the group of ninjas that are always seem to be at odds with Daredevil, Snake Root, which is a, a another group that's kind of working against the Hand. It seems like in trying to get their hands on the about face virus. Electra is mentioned towards the end. So uh, Electra, the psi wielding assassin, she doesn't show up. She doesn't. Did you read the rest of the series or did you just read up? I haven't, got to, the, okay. I haven't got to the rest of it yet. I I'm think curious. she does show up, at, uh, but but she's only mentioned and alluded to in this one. That's right. And then we have a little bit of a, a subplot with Ben Urich and Sarah, Sarah Harrington. So Ben Urich, the reporter for the Daily Bugle, some girl is kind of like stalking him, trying to get some files uh, from him, I believe. Without further ado, let me go ahead and I will do my best to describe what happens in this comic. And then we'll kind of give our thoughts about uh, what happened in it and what we thought of the art and all that stuff. That synopsis is coming up, but first let me talk about Amazon Music. If you're looking for a good platform that can fill those musical needs, Amazon Music has you covered. If you head to getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network, you can get a free 30-day trial where you can check out over 70 million songs. That's getamazonmusic.com slash W, the number 2M Network, for that free 30-day trial. All right, so after a recent battle that has destroyed his iconic red suit. Oh, yeah, that's what we all came to the dance for here. <laughs> Uh, Matt Murdock's getting a new suit. So his after a, a recent battle that has destroyed his iconic red suit, Matt Murdock contemplates upgrading and protecting the innocent in a new set of duds. Meanwhile, unaware of uh, unaware at the time, he's being watched by his Infinity War doppelganger. Daredevil heads out into the city to look for a man by, uh, a man by the name of Eddie Pasim. So Eddie, we, we kind of talked about Eddie already. So Daredevil is trying to find him for some reason. One of the central plots of the story is the virus about face, which can let someone be anything they want. And hence it is being sought after by quite a few heroes and villains alike. In this issue, a guy by the name of Yang, I'm, uh, I'm sure I'm butchering that and I apologize. Um, <laughs> Yang is at a warehouse on the phone with Harry Kinkoi, and they're messing with some property of the hand. Their plan is to use the product in the warehouse along with the about face virus 
to create a type of superheroin that is extremely addictive, but the user cannot overdose on it. So it all comes back to drugs. And you know what better drug to have out there on the market than one that people can't die from and get even more addicted to? Don't want to lose uh, your customer base. That's right. That's right. Uh, they also mean to use this to please a group called the Snake Root. Now, as Niang, as Niang looks to test the heroin by slicing a bag, out pops Venom, who kills him. But once he does, some magical death smoke, which has happened in, I think, Dead Man's Hand as well. Like these ninjas mm -hmm. would, after they got killed, they kind of vaporized into some smoke or something. Yeah, that's the hand influence. That, that seems to be what happens to those guys whenever they die. Okay. So Venom kills this guy. And he turns into this this puff of smoke or he, he vaporizes and I guess venom inhales some of it or he comes in contact with the smoke in some way. And all of a sudden he is seeing visions of Eddie Pacine. This is the same guy Daredevil is looking for. So I assume what's going to happen is that's going to at least give Venom the motivation uh, to mm. run into Daredevil. Uh, because Venom and now Daredevil are looking for the same guy. As to why that was happening, I have no idea. But whatever. <laughs> We, we switched to Ben Urich, and I, t I mentioned about him and Sarah Harrington. Ben Urich is looking to go back to work after Jameson has taken back the paper. And Sarah Harrington is outside of his apartment, and she plans to steal, steal some files to make her famous. That's kind of all we get there. Back in old New York, Eddie bursts into Harry Kincoy's office to kill him, but he isn't there. Instead, he runs into Daredevil in his new costume. Eddie has telepathy. He puts the images of Teresa Bellwether, another character. <laughs> I have any idea who these people are? Uh, the, Teresa Bellwether into Matt's head and how Kincoy killed her. So obviously Eddie's upset. He goes in there to kill Kincoy because he was clearly had a relationship or there was he was close to somebody by the name of Teresa Bellwether. Now Daredevil is starting to see this in his head. He's trying to figure out what happened to Kincoy because Kincoy's not there. But he noticed there was signs of a struggle. And he walks over to where there was, uh, I think, a hole in the wall, and he realizes that the hole was made by a sigh. He's pulling a Prince Humperdinck from Princess Bride. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, observing the the scene and, and recreating everything in his head. Right, right. See, oh, that was Electra. Electra's here. All right, so about that time when that revelation hits, uh, in bust the doppelganger. Daredevil's doppelganger shows up, Hellspawn. Uh, and he's looking for the about face virus. Turns out Eddie's may know where it's at. So that's why Eddie is so important to this. He apparently has some connection to the about face virus and everybody wants to get a hold of Eddie. But Daredevil, of course, is not going to hap have that. Daredevil and Hellspawn fight and Matt's able to get the upper hand and the, and the demon runs off. Uh, so that kind of ends the main course of this issue. We talked about Ben Urich and his little side thing. Now we got to talk about... Nick Fury. Yeah, there's a weird just like add on at the end of like a couple of pages of like, oh, here's some other story threads that we're going <laughs> to use right. in this storyline. More stuff that kind of gets added to this book. Uh, so Fury's tracking this guy by the name of John Garrett, who is a rogue shield agent. OK, and in order to do this, he has called in a guy by the name of John Kelly, who goes by the code name Siege. Yeah, Garrett shows up in the Agents of Shield uh, there we go. show by the yeah. great late great Bill Paxton, which was cool. Now, where is John Garrett? Oh goodness, let me tell you, <laughs> he's in a he bad may, way. <laughs> he's in a very bad way. He may become a cyborg. Uh, well, in the Marvel comics, he better become a cyborg because all he is is just a head connected to like a spine of metal. It's not good. He's uh, laying on a table at a snake root <laughs> stronghold and. 
uh, he he's like he's definitely out of it. He keeps saying he's the president, which is interesting. So I don't know if he was he was guarding the president. I think there was some kind of thing where he was near the president or something like that. But anyway, yeah, he's like remembering a mission. There was something about they were going to try and make. He was part of a, a conspiracy where they were trying. The hand maybe was trying to make to win him the presidency to be like their puppet president or something like that. So the snake root. Why in the world do they have him? I'll tell you. They're trying to find Electra. But anyway, they're planning on using some kind of ritual to probably either give him a body or infuse him with some kind of spirit or something. I don't know. But that's kind of where we leave things. He's laying on the table and all of the Snake Root clan come together and they put their hands on the table where his body's at. Mm. And that's the end of that. So Daredevil 321. You know, (laughs) we read Dead Man's Hand. Yeah. And... One of the things that we said was that when we got to a Chichester issue, we had to kind of be prepared for it. (laughs) And that's what happened here with me. I was like, okay, we're getting into DG Chichester territory. I have to get ready. What do we say? We're about a year to a year and a half outside of Dead Man's Hand. Yeah, that seems right. Yeah, I think I think. Yeah, we're about a year. And I could just imagine the amount of history that Chichester put into Daredevil for a year if he did that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got to be just things falling on top of each other, <laughs> you know, 10 pounds of stuff trying to fit into a five pound bag. It feels like there's a lot <laughs> of stuff there. There's a lot of history. He seemed to have a pretty long run. I don't know. I didn't check to see how long he was on the book. This would have been 93. He, so he'd been on there. He'd been on it for a couple of years, I guess at this point. Again, it doesn't mean he's a bad writer. It just means that, you better have picked it up from day one. <laughs> of yeah, it's not it's not it's not a new reader friendly. No, it's not. It, it absolutely is not. And that's not on anybody else, really, other than us just picking up part two of this and trying to read it straight from there or what that one single issue. But uh, let's talk about the costume. I guess that's, <laughs> that's where the, we that's the draw here. Yeah, that's that is what we came to talk about. And it is like. I don't know. I was expecting more for some reason. What do you think? <laughs> Just like the reveal. I, I'm talking about the development. The And, and <laughs> it was just a very strange way for the, for him to be like, okay, I wanted to get a new costume. The dude's been fighting people, villains, heroes alike in that costume for 300 issues. It gets torn pretty badly. And he's like, you know what? I need a new costume. No, okay, that's fine. <laughs> how do you, how are you going to go about making the costume? How are you going to, how are you going about getting the costume? He he orders parts from all these different, like there's advanced materials Institute. There's industrial synthetics, limited uh, biopolymer technologies, buying all these parts to like construct this costume. It's an armored costume, basically, which really there's only a little bit of armor on it, but yeah, it, I think but, what, uh, it covers the shoulder pads, uh, his shoulders and, uh oh my goodness i'm looking for right some now knee pads armor oh, his calves his shoulders i i guess we could say all yeah all the let's just say all the red is somewhat armor mm. um maybe that's padded armor in some way i don't know uh i mean in the in the show didn't he have somebody making the armor for him on the tv show yeah there was a he had a costume guy i forget that's what the I character's thought. name he was he was a character from the comics as well but yeah i guess he's all i, I don't know how he got his costume originally. I guess he's always made his own. He had the 
the yellow and black one for a little while in the early 60s when he first appeared, and then he switched to the red. I think he pretty much had the red all the way up to this point, and then he had this one for a little while, and then it's pretty much just been the same red costume until Shadowland. He had a black uh, costume, but Daredevil doesn't have a whole lot. He's not like Spider-Man or right, some of the right. other characters that have a lot of variations. He's just got a couple. Yeah. But I, I like the I like the design of the new costume, even though yeah. it's a short live for him. Absolutely. I I don't think it's a bad costume at all. I thought that the reveal was just it was strange. It was like, yeah, I my costume got tore up, my red costume got tore up, and I'm yeah, there's not a lot of explanation for like no. why he <laughs> No, and it's like he, he sat at home and he knitted this thing together, I assume. I mean, you're looking at him, he's got a He's sitting at his desk. He's got like some tools out and he's got the the costume itself. And he's I assume he's adding some stuff to it. But I don't know, man. It, it just felt like it was something like, OK, we here you go. All right. There you you know, <laughs> and within what is it? Three pages. You know, we got the opening yeah. opening scrawl. Uh, yeah. And then by the third page, he is uh, out and about jumping around uh, in, in his new costume. So, I mean, yeah, the costume's cool. I, I, I mean, I dude, blood axe, black and red, baby. <laughs> it's a good motif <laughs> i picked up you know the, the marvel's doing these action figures based on the spider-man animated series at least that's the packaging like there's a lot of stuff that's not really in the animated series that they're putting out through that line and one of them is the daredevil armored costume oh neat and i picked that up a few months ago after i bought it i was like you know i've never read a comic with this costume <laughs> <laughs> and I spent thirty dollars on this action figure, right? But it's just a cool, it's just a cool costume. So I, yeah, I, I like. And now I have read some comics with. with That's the right. Costume, That's right. So, yeah, yeah. Just like you said, it is. It was pretty short lived. I can't remember when it was. He went back to the the basic red, but it didn't seem like this one. You know, I was reading comics in the nineties, and I don't remember this happening for some reason. <laughs> I just, it just yeah. I mean, this happened when I was still in to you know comics uh-huh. you know before i took my little hiatus but uh, i don't remember you know he, he didn't appear a lot in other comics i know he, i know he's in a at least a couple of amazing spider-man issues mm-hmm. in the black and armored costume but i don't think there's a whole lot of appearances with him in it outside mm-hmm. of his own book what do you think of uh what do you think of mcdaniel's venom here i mean we don't we, he shows up for a, I have one page but he looks pretty he looks pretty cool um, yeah, he, there's only one really good look at him when he first pops out of the heroin or whatever. Uh, but he's got it's a good looking Venom. It's uh, kind of a cross between Bagley and Larson, sort of. Yes, yes. We got the tongue there. I agree. He looks massive. And more to come because he's he's on the cover of, I think, chapter four or something like that. So he's definitely going to come back and and uh, menace Daredevil, I'm sure, <laughs> in a couple of issues. I hate putting logic into my comics because I, it's comics. <laughs> but, you know, this Yang guy, the, the guy that's in the, in that warehouse who decides to cut the heroin to check it, mm-hmm. he cuts the bag. Like, there's these stacks of bags there. He cuts the bag, and out of the bag of heroin, it sticks... <sighs> Venom's yeah, the tongue. tongue pops out, and then Venom just tears. <laughs> Where's uh, Venom so been at? What is he, he been doing? hiding in the bag? I, it doesn't make a lot of sense. That's what I was like. <laughs> Those bags aren't that big, uh, uh, right? I don't understand. He's got to be behind them. I, I, and I was yeah. like, how is he coming out of these things? Well, uh, okay, I've got a story to share. Eddie breaks into Kinkoi's office, uh, and I think he's pretending to be a maintenance man. Maybe I don't know, but he's got a bottle, and I'll read this 
I'm reading this from the comic, folks. This is lessons brought into play 20 years later with a stolen maintenance uniform and supplies. Polystyrene packing material, those little foam peanuts, dissolved and acidic cleaning fluids, a mix like napalm. So, okay. Now, have you ever heard of that before? Never. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how I got a hold of it. Maybe I went to the library. I don't know. But I remember the Anarchist Cookbook. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, have you ever heard of that? I've heard of it. <laughs> okay. So the Anarchist Cookbook was, uh, there was a lot of bad things that, right. uh, you know, uh, there was a lot of bad things that kids should not have had access to. And one of the things I remember hearing somebody talk about, I don't know if I read it because I swear, I don't think I recall having this book. It must have been somebody else on the bus. And you're riding the bus to and from school. People are going to talk uh, about things. And I don't maybe somebody else had a, had the book. But I can remember, you know, people telling me, yeah, man, sugar and gas tanks. I'm yeah. like, oh, OK, <laughs> that's something I, you know, I that stuck in my head. And then somebody started telling me uh, about uh, taking styrofoam and putting it in. So as a bright child, <laughs> I somehow went downstairs into the basement uh, when I was 11, 12 years old, maybe 13. And I put the out there and I started dissolving. This may all get edited out because I do not want to get flagged. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to tell this story to you anyway. Uh, but I, I put the thing and I started putting this, this styrofoam in it. And you mm -hmm. would not believe like the amount of styrofoam that you had to put into in order just to get like probably half a cup of like this napalm fluid. So wow. it, it, what it would do is it would dissolve into like this putty. Now, your next question is, is did you light it? And <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, so anyway, yes, when they were saying this, this is what's crazy. When I'm reading this, I'm like, they're putting that in a comic book. <laughs> and now, granted, it, the the recipe I had was calling for styrofoam. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know if it would actually work. You would think that somebody it's a comic it's like a variation, like it was inspired yeah, by that or whatever. It, it wouldn't it wouldn't work like, you know, it, it wouldn't <laughs> light or whatever. Acidic cleaning fluids. I will also say that I did. Did you ever you ever hear of toilet bowl cleaner and. No. OK, so now that's cleaning fluid for sure. Uh, but right. What we would do is we would take uh, we would take the it was called works, the works. And it was basically a toilet bowl cleaner. And you would put like, I don't know, maybe half a cup to a cup in a two liter bottle. OK. Mm -hmm. And then what you would do is you would take and you would ball up the into like, I don't know, 50 or 60 little balls, just tiny little balls. Of, and you would drop them in. And then you would through the put the cap on. What happens is that and works starts to react and gas starts to build. And then the next thing you know, that two liter bottle explodes. It doesn't happen quickly. Right. I mean, it could take a <laughs> long time for that pressure. There, there is a picture from my 16th birthday party where we were doing that at like six o'clock in the morning outside of my house. And my mom got up and it was me and like six or seven other guys. Cause we were idiots where we all <laughs> stayed up all night. And then we were like, Oh, let's go let off a works bomb. So we took it out back and we just kind of sat there and we're waiting and nothing's happening. And so one guy's like, let's go look and make sure it. And I'm like, okay, let's go. We go up there. We're kind of looking, we're seeing this, this thing bulge. We're like, Oh, shit. 
get back. And then <laughs> finally, after probably about like 10, 15 minutes, boom, and this thing explodes. <laughs> it's loud. Um, and it was, it was something else. But uh, anyway, there's my napalm story for you. <laughs> <laughs> back to the comic. So, okay. What are your thoughts here, man? I mean, we got the cool costume. We got a, a definitely a involved story. Uh, I mean, overall, I liked it. I think, um, like I said, I'm starting to get a handle on, I guess, Chichester's writing style, maybe. And this issue, like, had a, it had a really cool fight at the end. We didn't really go over it as much. But, like, when he finally faces off with Hellspun, it's kind of weird. Like, the first few pages are kind of a mess, or at least I thought they were initially, because, like, Matt is sitting in his apartment getting his costume ready or whatever, and the Hellspawn is in his window right behind him. You think, oh, he's about to attack him, and then the next page uh, is, like, what looks like a fighting pose, where, like, it looks like Daredevil and Hellspawn are fighting, but then as you continue reading it, you realize, oh, Daredevil doesn't even know Hellspawn's there. He can't sense him. Has Uh, no idea that he's there. Yeah, and he's just kind of following him. So I guess it was like a kind of a they were really wanting this to be like Daredevil's Venom, maybe, because like, you know, Daredevil or Venom can't affect the Spider-Man Spidey sense. You know, right. 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 So, you know, he can't, uh, you know, Daredevil can't sense him with his radar or whatever. So so that was kind of uh, once I realized what was going on, I thought that was kind of neat. And then when they finally show up at the end and have their like their face off in their fight, that was, uh, I thought, a pretty cool uh, way for. Daredevil basically sets him on fire so he can he can uh, get a sense of where he's at. And then, you know, they have their fight or whatever. So overall, I did like it. It, It's still a lot to take in and it's really dense, like a lot of other Chichester stuff has been that we've read. The art style, the fight and how that's put together. Yeah, there's some pretty, pretty dynamic panels and pages. Mm -hmm. When you look at like it's it's neat to see the common theme. Like if you just go down through these pages. So as soon as as Hellspawn crashes through. All right. This is actually really cool. I just noticed this. So uh, find the page where Hellspawn breaks through the window. That's uh, that's always mm. a, a unspoken issues plus. But <laughs> uh, he breaks through the window. Notice there's a circle. It's like there's yeah. a there's a circle there that he breaks through. Now, as we continue on the next page, we have some rectangular widescreen yeah. kind of like panels. But there's another circle. And then the next page, as this fight continues, there's another circle. Mm-hmm. And and then we have some rectangular panels and then there's another circle and it's yeah. like there's a, it's white stark background and then these panels are just kind of floating around on this white background, which is really neat. I don't know if it's McDaniel kind of coming into his own as an artist or if it's like him getting more freedom yeah. to do more experimental stuff. I've been reading a, a lot of his uh, Nightwing run that he did as well lately. Uh huh. Uh, and he's got a real thing about the about circles. <laughs> and, oh, really? And like fish islands, like panels and stuff like that. So it looks like it's developing here, and he he just kind of kind of takes it takes it as like a, a signature part of his style later. All right. Anything else? Uh, I think that's about it. I did want to mention uh, Siege, who is on the cover to the next issue, um, and he's I guess uh, started out as a Deathlock character, and I looked him up on. Definitely looks like a Deathlock. I thought it was Deathlock for a second, and I was like, that ain't, that can't be Deathlock. Right. Uh, it says uh, John Kelly was initially created by Dwayne McDuffie and Gregory Wright as a pseudo preview of their then upcoming relaunch of Deathlock, as well as to provide existing incontinuity backstory for that series prior to its launch. Gregory Wright is solely credited for recreating him as Siege. Oh, very cool. In a later Deathlock story, and then he shows up here. So. 
shout out to friend of the podcast, Gregory Wright. Right, definitely. Uh, well, so. I, I'll tell you these characters that make up Snake Root, they look pretty crazy. I'm sure every mm-hmm. single one of these dudes has a backstory. But, I mean, they all have different costumes. They almost look yeah. like you could some of them remind me of some image characters for some reason like i don't Very know much. why but <laughs> well they got some... the big shoulder uh, the one guy's got the big shoulder pads and other guys got a, the big gauntlets on his arms so yeah definitely a unique looking unit um and yeah poor john garrett jeez please <laughs> just a rib cage and some spine there yeah. I was gonna say, that's pretty much all i got for uh, for this one my panel of the issue would probably have to be the Hellspawn busting through the window. Oh, look at you go. <laughs> I love the falling through the sky right there on that third page where we first get to see yeah. the costume. That's like, that's copping out, but because it's our first costume page and yeah, you know, there he's but he's falling through the sky. You got the uh Hellspawn right after him. It's <sighs> a worthy one. Oh, yeah. I'll gladly take it. All right, man. Well, that's Daredevil 321. Uh, thanks for everybody that voted two years ago. We appreciate it. <laughs> Sorry we didn't get a chance to get to this uh, any quicker, but it was a lot of fun. Learned a lot. With that being said, uh, Chris Armstrong, tell these people where they can find you and what you've been doing. This would be a good time to plug a sponsor of the W2M Network, and that is Grammarly. For you, the listeners of Unspoken Issues, Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W, the number two, M network to download Grammarly for free. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BrodyMan34. Uh, I've also got a movie podcast that focuses on direct-to-video and made-for-TV movies called Small Screeners. Uh, so you can find... Uh, the small screeners on Instagram and Twitter as well at small screeners. And then you can find us on pretty much any podcast platform as well. All right. Very good. Yeah. You can check out other shows. Well, I should say on the source material comics feed, uh, unspoken issues is part of that. And we have done quite a few uh, unspoken issues, unspoken epics here lately. Specifically, we mentioned dead man's hand. You can also check out our recent drop of the carnage cosmic That's right, where Dean, Derry, and myself talk about the Carnage symbiote getting onto the Silver Surfer and all the insanity that happens in two issues of of Amazing Spider-Man. And then we even go into a what if. Uh, So check that out. That uh, That should be on the feed as well. And, of course, source material, comics podcast that I do here on the source material comics feed where it's... I think the last episode I did was a crazy Doom comic all by myself. <laughs> and it was... Uh, I haven't listened to that one yet. I listened to the Orkin, or was it... Uh, yeah, was it yeah. Orkin you got or... it. Orkin, okay. The Orkin okay. Exterminator <laughs> flipbook with Spider-Man. Yeah, that was fun. Have you ever played Doom? I assume that at some point you probably played... Like, uh, I played it Doom. a couple times, you know, in the 90s when it first hit PCs and okay. stuff. Yeah. Well, this is, this is going to be familiar territory because that's all it is. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, this has been Daredevil 321. I want to thank Chris Armstrong for being here. Of course, I am Jesse Starcher. We'll catch you next time. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. 
Unspoken Issues is part of the UnspokenDecade.com, the home for 90s comics, blogs, and podcasts. Unspoken Issues also has a Facebook group you can join if you are interested. Just search the Unspoken Issues podcast and request to join. All of this would not be possible without W2Mnet.com and the Rattelich and Broadcasting Network, so make sure to seek them out for more podcasts. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please feel free to share, and we look forward to entertaining you again soon. Ha, ha, ha.